Welcome back to another episode of the Dunkin' with Dom podcast. Anthony, the NFL season is almost upon us, just months until preseason begins, until we get back our awesome Sunday football. It's good to have you on again. It's good to be on. I think the last time I was on, um, I didn't have glasses and I had shorter <laughs> hair. So I think it's been more than a year. It has, yeah. The last time you were on, we were previewing the 2021 this past season. And honestly, I think what's crazy is I just did like an over-unders pod for the NFC and the AFC trying to predict like the records and stuff. The one mm -hmm. thing I noticed is for starters, the AFC is uber competitive compared to last year. And the NFC is exactly the same in terms of layout. Like literally this is going to be, we always say like, oh, this season is going to be more fun than ever. I genuinely think though, this is going to be like a crazy ass year for football. No. And you have a lot of, you're going to have a lot of parody in the AFC. Like I don't expect any of the seven teams. You're going to see a lot of fluctuation. You got quarterbacks in new places like Matt Ryan on the Colts. Dak, uh, how's his name? Russell Wilson with the, uh, with the Broncos. So like players, and, and te teams like the Broncos and Colts that were just kind of like there and floating middle of the pack. And all of a sudden you get your guy. Um, and I'm, I'm really, really interested to see um, kind of where, where the season goes. Like Matt Stafford's still rolling with the Rams. You still got the Bills and Chiefs at the top. Um, you know, Brady's back. Like all of these things are going on. So I, I, I haven't really even thought about the fact that like, – because all the focus has been – AFC is so much better. AFC, every single team, blah, blah, blah. Um, I didn't even really think about the fact that NFC just chugged along as they are. And it was <laughs> fantastic last year. Yeah, because what's interesting is I think for the NFC, I, we, I think I did a tier where it was like Packers, uh, Rams. Like it was like that, that same top five as it was last year. Like Cowboys, maybe the Niners is the frisky fourth team, or, and then Cardinals is the fifth team. And then Bucks, like that, that kind of tier one group of like five or six teams. And then after that's just a drop off. Cause then it's like Vikings, Eagles, uh, like commanders, like uh, that's a really big drop off. But for the AFC, every team I, in the, one of my guests was like, he put it perfectly. Every AFC team either got better or stayed the same, especially with these, like, like the Buffaloes of the world, even Kansas city, trading hill one of my guys made arguments said like in all honesty they kind of added more versatility and depth even though they lost their superstar so all these teams got better and i think we're gonna see a lot there, there will definitely be less like i think crappy teams this year there's gonna be just a lot of teams kind of stuck around each other and it'll be like one of those wait till week 17 or 18 to figure out what the final playoff picture will look like yeah i i can't wait for like 16 17 18 where like all those weeks where, you know, spots five through seven in the in a playoff race are just in flux. And, you know, if this team beats this team, then, you know, then the bills drop from two to seven. I mean, we were doing that all last year, like playing the numbers and like, hey, if this team beats this team, I mean, like as a Browns fan, I was doing the same thing. And it's just really cool that like you're going to have more teams added to that mix. Um, and and I'm, I'm, I'm excited. Like, like you said, I was super excited when you said, let's go for an NFL pod. Cause I'm like all the way in on baseball right now. And then I was like, yeah, like it's mid July training camp is about to start up. Like we're ready to go. So I think before we do some of the topics I've got planned, the big topic we covered back in 2021 to preview that season was 
adding this week 18 or the 17th game to the schedule, just from like what you've seen, what you saw last year with, with the NFL, was it more of a pro or more of a con? And how did it affect the NFL season having this extra week of action? I mean, it's got to be a, a pro, right? Like you have one more week to watch football, watch all of your teams play. Um, I, I know they talked a little bit about like, oh, like this player. I don't believe there were any huge injuries, right? Like I think what the NFL was kind of bracing for, what fans that were against adding the extra game were um, kind of sneakily hoping for was like a big player goes out week 18 and you're like, ah, oh, this is why we can't add the extra game. Every week in the NFL is like a battle and you come out completely bruised and scarred, but it's one more week. And I don't think it really, you know, the only thing that it screwed up with is like, oh, you know, hey, a good team is nine and seven, right? And then like an average team is eight and eight. Now you don't know if an average team is like seven and 10. That's the only thing is like the weird wonky, like, oh, the Browns went nine and eight this year. And like, oh, that's, are, are we, are we good or are we not good? Like we were over 500, but you know, I, the unfortunate thing with the extra week is if your team is doing terribly, it's one more week of terrible football. So if you're rolling into week 17 at, you know, one and 15, you don't even want to play. And I'm like, God, we, we is, is this a dig at Jacksonville and urban Meyer? <laughs> Basically. Yeah. It's like, all right, all right, like, can we end the misery now? Like, why are we adding these extra games? But, I mean, the NFL has talked about going up to 20 regular season games, and it's money, so they don't really care about your Jacksonvilles and, like, your Texans and Jets and stuff because the Chiefs, Bills, Raven, like, all the marquee teams are still going to be playing for one more week. I honestly totally agree on, on the two points you just made. The, the last one you just made with the, the whole TV revenue thing – because the one thing is, if you're comparing this to like the NBA, the problem that makes the NFL so good is that every regular season game seems to matter. Where I think you, you can add even 20 games, even 22, let's say. I still think every game would matter just from a, like, we want to beat this team from perspective, like the social part of it, from a playoff perspective, from a franchise perspective. Whereas the NBA, when you have like 75 games or 82 games like it is now, the games are just meaningless. So this ties into one of the best games from last year, which was that Chargers Raiders game where you had a, a clash of all, everything the NFL wanted prime time, Sunday night football or Monday night, whatever night it was prime time. Like, because they added this extra game. Now you had this situation play out where they could have both made it. If it was a tie where they could beat each other and one would make it over the other. But, but the, the more important thing was, there was no injuries. Like you bring up a good point. The only thing that happened, which actually was the inverse of what the bad result was, was Derrick Henry misses half the year. But then because Tennessee is so good, he doesn't play in week 18. He gets the extra week because Tennessee has a, a bye and he plays in the playoffs. So even then, like, I think the, the adding the game, I think we could see the NFL kind of deep diving into another adding maybe another week or two, just based on the future results. Yeah, I mean, just by the nature of the fact that they only play 17 games, like, it's a spectacle. Like, you spend your entire Sunday, like, you wake up early prepping. You know, if you're in Cleveland, you wake up at 5.30, 6 o'clock in the morning, you head downtown, and then you start tailgating immediately. Um, if, you know, if you're just a casual fan, you know, you wake up, you look at your fantasy scores, you know, look at your fantasy lineup, maybe place a few bets, and then get ready. Like, it's, it's a deal. 
So as long as the NFL is not playing 52 games, i.e. once a week, it's still <laughs> appointment television that you're moving around your schedule for. You know, like you said, MLB or NBA, it's like, oh, games today, like, I, I have this thing. I'm just, you know, yeah, the MLB is we're on game 122. It's like, oh, <laughs> right. Yeah. Like there'll be another one. <clears throat> there'll be another one tomorrow. So like, I, I'm okay. Missing this NFL knows that they own Sundays. NFL knows that they own Monday night, Thursday night, the pandemic year revealed that like they can move a game to a Tuesday and a Wednesday on like that. And 60,000 people are going to show up. So. That's that's the scariest thing for like the these other sports leagues. The NFL literally like had an entire year where it's like, oh, like they're done, pandemic's gonna set in, and instead, I think they got more popular after because people were missing football so much, and there was still that that energy. And the the other thing, the other point too, you mentioned the standings are so much crazier to predict now because, like for instance, like the Eagles made the playoffs with like a basically below 500 record. They were, yeah. like, they were nine and eight or nine. Like they were not good. Let, let's get that straight. Whereas you had teams like in the AFC that were like the chargers, they missed the playoffs going what 10 and seven. You're like, well, quietly this chargers team might've been like the fourth best playoff team. If you actually like put them in the playoffs, but they, they missed it. it. The, I think the, the regular season got more exciting now just because of that unpredictability with the regular season. Yeah. I mean, like if you want to, kind of toggle with like the 10 and 17 not being in the playoffs like you know the whole division thing's a little weird and like um you know you can have what was the scenario that we had um tom brady's first year with the buccaneers you know they were a five seed going to washington because washington won the east at like seven eight and one (laughs) and they just got steamrolled at home like all right it's cool washington got a home game but you know you, you could like do away with the divisions like the what like the NBA does. Um, but yeah, that's that's it's a little weird sometimes. There, there's always one team that's like you shouldn't be in the playoffs. You just kind of are. Yeah. So the, before we move on to the other narratives, too, I mean, we can, I think we can't talk about this upcoming season just without briefly discussing the Watson situation. So I did a whole podcast on this. And then three days later, Baker Mayfield got traded. And then a week later, uh, the Texans like basically uh, settled like a bunch of the claims uh, that they knew about or that they were, they were litigating with. So my question to you, just, I've never asked this about you and it, it, a lot has changed in a year with this whole Watson news is thoughts on Cleveland giving up all of those assets and also paying him the big money for this pending situation. And where do you see Cleveland football moving forward for this upcoming season regardless of this because we don't know the suspension or if they're like what the the punishment's going to be so like what are your thoughts on Cleveland football with that situation I've kind of always said since they made the deal that like the front office made a deal with the devil and if it pays off it's going to pay off like Watson is at his best he's one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL like and he's your franchise guy that you were kind of hoping Baker Mayfield would be and there's only a handful of these guys in the league at any given time. I think the only way that he came to Cleveland was the guaranteed money. So that kind of explains why it explains the $230 million, the, you know, giving up all the traffic, like this is, this is their guy. Uh, Baker Mayfield was clearly not their guy. Baker Mayfield was clearly not doing it. Like Browns could have rolled into this season and with Baker Mayfield coming off of an injury but maybe their ceiling was 10 and seven. And 
the Browns front office identified last year that, hey, the quarterback is our issue. The quarterback is what's holding us back. So let's go out and get a quarterback. And the draft pool was not that great this year. You know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they tried for Russell Wilson. Uh, I don't know if they wanted a guy like Matt Ryan or like an older kind of guy. But you have a 24-year-old dude who is, you know, when he plays, he balls out. You know, the unfortunate part is the only reason he's available is because he's, you know, allegedly an awful human being. <laughs> yeah. Um, I. Well, I mean, real, real, real quick to interject, what's funny is like with the other QBs that we're looking for, if you were, if we assume, because like, we got to walk this like with like a, a tightrope here, but right. if we assume like, if we go like pretend that none of the actual like real life stuff happened and Deshaun Watson was just like an average human being, this is a great trade for the Browns because he's 24. I don't think Cleveland wanted to get like a Wilson who could maybe be in his prime, but I think they wanted more of a long-term, like this is our franchise, like Mahomes type QB. And I don't think they wanted the Matt Ryan, like stopgap, like Phillip Rivers with the Colts or Carson Wentz with the Colts, ironically, but like that's sort of like filler QB. They want the, on paper, this is a great trade for the Browns, but. Well, it's, a, it's yeah. a trade that doesn't happen if he doesn't hold out and there's not all these allegations. So That's he wouldn't be available. Miami was close to training him, but they, they didn't want, they wanted every single allegation to be cleared. And when there yeah. was like a handful left, they were like, no, we're not, we're not trading anything for, cause they knew, they knew it was, it was dealing with the devil. Yeah. And I mean like desperate, like, listen, Andrew Barry's the general manager now. Like if this doesn't work out and in the next five, or if he gets suspended for the year, the next six years, the Browns don't win a Super Bowl, or, you know, God forbid, get worse and don't continually make the playoffs, the dude's going to get fired and he's probably never going to have a job as a general manager again. Like you have to capitalize on this, but I mean, like allegations aside, if he plays the majority of this year, the, the expectation is that the Browns will be in the playoffs. You know, it's no longer a, Oh, the Browns should be in the playoffs. The Browns could be in the playoffs. This is a team with Deshaun Watson playing the majority of the year. He doesn't even need to play all 17 games. He can play 10 of them. And the going theory in Cleveland, at least, is that this will be a playoff team. Well, I've always said, I don't know like what your thoughts are. I believe that Cleveland has the lowest ceiling and the highest floor, or the, pardon me, the highest ceiling, but also the lowest floor with this situation. Because the problem, it's not only like, Watson's not playing potentially for the whole year. You're, you're downgrading now to 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 uh, Jacoby Brissett. So it's it's like the the double entendre, like the double mentality there, where it's like you lose this great superstar and you're replacing him with like the Dolphins' backup QB who really wasn't all that good. Because Cleveland, hmm. I think they, they can be the AFC for how competitive it is. I do believe it's wide open because Buffalo. I need to see like a legitimate run. I need Kansas City how they look with a horrible kind of year. And then all these other teams like the Ravens and some of these other middleman teams are just like, they're great in the regular season. They might win a playoff game, but when it comes to making like three or four straight wins in a postseason, I don't know if that's the case. I think Cleveland, just in terms of the roster, they might have the best defense probably in the AFC and they might have the most well, like at least a top five well-rounded team in both conferences. Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, that's the thing. It's like the AFC North is stacked and like the Steelers are, kind of uh, the only team on a downward trajectory, but 
you know, the, the rest of the Browns team is really, really good. Like the receiving core, there's a little bit of questions there. Um, there's a, there's some questions on the defensive line, at, but there's an upcoming secondary and you have a two headed monster with Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb and the offensive line is really good. It's just in those tight games, does Jacoby Brissett do it for you? And I don't think so. Does I don't think Jacoby Brissett makes a game winning drive or a key throw, you know, down the seam to to you know close the door on the Bengals or close the door on you know they play the Bills in Buffalo. So this can tie into then some of my big picture questions for this upcoming season. Cleveland was definitely a big one. Uh, another question for you. What is a more interesting narrative to look at? The Packers and Aaron Rodgers without Devontae Adams or the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes without uh, Tyreek Hill? I think the Chiefs are going to be fine, just kind of as is. The, the other, the, I think it's the Packers for sure, because outside of um, Devontae Adams, like, yeah, they had Jordy Nelson for a little bit, Mark, Marquez uh, Scantlin. Um, as it can be solid, but like the, they don't really have that many options in terms of receivers. So you can place Aaron Rodgers with, you know, if you place Aaron Rodgers with solid receivers, he'll make them better. If you place Aaron Rodgers with like straight up bad receivers, then I, there's only so much the guy can do. Uh, you know, just help Funches was like, hey, Tom Brady can't throw and catch the ball. So I think the What's really going to be interesting is can Aaron Rodgers in the twilight of his career, you know, he's like a good favorite to win MVP as he always is. Can he do it without his main dude that he's had for years and years? I think that's way more interesting. I think the Chiefs are just a machine on their own. Like they're almost like the Yankees at this point, like just plug and play people in and, and they're just going to go. It's just a system. Um, does that mean they're going to win the Super Bowl? I don't, I don't know, but definitely I, – I think Pack is one more interesting. Well, I, I kind of agree because I think what's happening, I think people with how bad that Chiefs loss was to the Bengals are kind of like – they're just out on Kansas City, which I, I totally disagree because you have to keep in mind that like dynasties in the NFL are hard to build, but they're also harder to maintain. And Kansas City, the run they've gone on – Mahomes isn't like 35 years old. He's in the middle of his prime. Kelsey's still like at the tail end of his prime. They've still got like, they've retooled this off season by addressing holes with the offensive line and with the defense. So I don't think the real interesting one is green Bay. Cause I don't know if you believe this or not. I kind of feel like green Bay is this year's Dallas Cowboys in the sense of, I think we're going to overrate them because their division is so bad. And then when it comes time to actually be in like a meaningful playoff game, I could see just like the wheels coming off the train. Cause the problem is that with we've seen when the Aaron Rodgers thing goes bad, it goes like below 500, like for straight seasons bad. Like it's happened before. I feel like for green Bay, it's a boomer bust here just for like that. You have the tension with the QB and with the GM too. Like that's never a good thing. I just feel like it's a very combustible situation. I mean, when's the lot. Okay. So the Packers haven't won a Super Bowl since 2011. That's correct. I, that was the Pittsburgh year. Cause I, I watched that live. That was my first Super Bowl. <laughs> nice. Um, so like, yeah, I, I totally expect like if we get to the end of the regular season and the Packers have 12 wins and Aaron Rodgers, you know, is like a contender for MVP. 
I'm going to be not surprised at all. And then I'm going to be equally unsurprised when they get bounced in the second round, you know, just because like, like you said, the wheels fall off and, and like, that's just kind of like the Packers MO at this point, unfortunately, like really, really good regular season if it goes well. And I do think it'll go well because it's hard to fathom Aaron Rodgers, you know, if he's healthy and if age hasn't caught up to him yet, it's hard to fathom him on a below 500 team, below 500 football team. But that makes perfect sense that they're, they're probably going to fall. Plus like, like you said, you need people like Devontae Adams in the playoffs if you want to go farther. Devontae Adams can win you an NFC championship or make your odds a lot better, right? I don't know who's who's their main guy now. That no clue. Like I'm I'm gonna be honest. Like because here's the thing, it's similar to like the losing Watson for Blah situation. You not only lost Devontae Adams, arguably a top five receiver, your replacement value for him is just way lower. And this actually kind of ties into the thing you just said right now about the value in the postseason. It ties into another team I'm looking out for, which is the LA Rams, where we saw Cooper Cup just like he can be a one man offense. And usually in the NFL, like I would think that was more of a running back thing. And we've seen with the draft and with free agency, the value teams are putting on wide receivers with the Raiders getting Adams. Uh, the Miami basically saying like this two experiments going to work or not, depending because we're getting Tyree killed. Like you better be good. Uh, the, the Rams retaining cup on max money. We're seeing, I think a general trend in the NFL where you can build an entire offense around this one guy and the Packers are going against the grain and all these other teams are going with the grain. Yeah. I, uh, that's, that's an interesting point because like I had to look up, that Cam Akers was still on the Rams. Oh my God. Oh. <laughs> but like, yeah, you got, they, they, again, they did the same thing that a lot of teams like have hoped to do. They identified that Jared Goff there, they identified the quarterback position was holding them back. You have Aaron Donald and all, you know, the two, um, uh, Cooper cup and you've got all these, oh my gosh, this team's great. New SoFi stadium, but the quarterback sucks. So they go out, trade trade for the quarterback. They don't have any picks, but they have a team that, like, I I would not be surprised if they're right back up there in the Super Bowl once again. Yeah, this is a this this reminds me of a last dance season. Not because I think it's over, but the Aaron Donald's going to age at some point. Stafford's already thirty five. Cup, like at some point, all these reps are going to like he's going to break down. Like it's just a reality. So this might be a if there's any time for like the Rams to win a title, it's probably this season. Yeah. I mean, like they, they, they've got the, I, how long is Stafford on contract for? I, I think like four, what four years, five years. So like this team could really easily turn into just a bloated, like, you know, payroll wise, like bloated team of like once really, really good players that are now not performing up to what their max deals are. I don't expect like Cooper cup to fall off yet, but like, like you said, like Matt Stafford is on the wrong side of 30 and Aaron Donald is getting to his getting either toward the end of his prime or he's out of his prime. So you've got, yeah, Stafford's signed through 2026. So like this could really easily be a team that like after this year, maybe they win a championship and then you can start to see them peeling back the foundation and then really beginning to like get some picks back. Cause they got to get some picks if they want to, you know, go toward that next quarterback and stuff. Uh, 
who is your like kind of like go very underrated team heading into this season? Uh, it's always, always, always going to be the Indianapolis Colts, and it, I think it maintains like this year. I still <laughs> like that offensive line, and the, it, I think really all it stems for is a couple of years ago there was a video of Quentin Nilsson, um, one of their guards. Um, pulling and absolutely obliterating some linebacker and like growling as he's doing it. I'm like, all right. So this guy is like, this guy's a beast and their offensive line is great. I would totally, totally envision the Indianapolis Colts uh, sneaking in as a six seed or maybe as a five seed and upsetting somebody. But at the very least toward the end of the year, they're going to be, a team that like, oh my God, we have to play the Colts and they're going to upset something. I promise you there's going to be a late season game where the Colts upset the Chiefs or the Bills or the Ravens. I would, the- I would say the Ravens because they're always prime time. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, like it's going to be the Ravens and they're going to win like 31 to 20 and everyone's going to be like, oh my God, like, Ravens are now a seventh seed and the Colts flipped them there. The sixth, of course they are. And I, I, I feel like Matt Ryan can finally do that with a little bit of weapons. Well, and there's also the case of Matt Ryan's getting a lot of heat for the bad things in Atlanta, even though it was more like Atlanta was horrible than Matt Ryan was horrible. And I can't understate how big of an upgrade going from Carson Wentz to Matt Ryan is. It, oh it's, my God. it's going from like a, a, kind of borderline backup to starter to now like a legitimate starter who, if he has weapons around him, which he does. Cause the other thing too, this division is like appallingly bad. Like I, when I was doing my AFC over unders, we actually had a debate as to whether was the Jaguars at plus 700 to win the division really that bad of a bet. Cause I kind of like it because Tennessee and, and Indiana could just flame out. But I agree with the Colts though, because they're kind of Tennessee 2.0 where you're building this team around your one running back. You have a stopgap QB and you're kind of just like holding down the fort everywhere else and kind of just banking on some good defense and kind of some good running back play. I can't believe Jaguars are plus 700. Is that, that's not that bad. So the reason I I was in favor of it is because, I mean, the Tannehill thing with Tennessee and we have to keep in mind with Derrick Henry with Tennessee where, He's been doing this for like four or five years in a row. At some point, he's either going to get injured or he's just going to like flame out because running backs can't just keep this production up for that long. And then for Indiana, I could just do the Matt Ryan thing. They can go eight and eight, let's say. Mm. But but the Jaguars are plus 700 in the sense of like, they're, it's not the worst bet. I, I'm just going for it. <laughs> I mean, like throw 10 bucks on it, you know, like out of your rainy day fund and then forget about it. And This division is so bad. I think Jag- Jacksonville can go like nine and eight and still probably win the division. It's, it's, it's not insane to think about. Yeah, I mean, that's the other thing is like, same with the Packers for the Colts is that like the Colts can like, if they, if they play – like they should. I have a lot of faith in Frank Reich too, the head coach. Like I really think he's a smart guy. So if they beat up on Jacksonville twice, they can beat up on the Texans twice, and then you go one and one with with the Titans. All of a sudden, you've got. I mean, there's seven wins right there. So like, five wins. Math is hard. Five wins right there, but like. You know, it's basically going to be like, hey, let's just steal games all year and then we'll end up at 10 and seven and in the playoffs. That's another thing I forgot to mention earlier, but I think it ties into this Tennessee point. 
with this extra 17th game, the fact that there's an extra game out of the division, it, it actually matters more to actually do well in your division because you're going to have less games. Because it was weird before how half your games were against, like, your division rivals. So it's like, oh, if you're, like, Tennessee, I get to beat the shit out of, like, the Texans, like, twice, twice a year in Jacksonville. Whereas if you're, like, the Raiders this year and you're going up against Russell Wilson – uh, and and all those guys, like the whole goon squad in the AFC West, like the blood yeah. half there, it actually it matters a little bit more. Um, who is your kind of overrated team heading into this upcoming season? My overrated team? Overrated. Everybody keeps going on the Bengals. That's always my – and I think – They're a regression candidate for me too, a little that's, bit. I, I'd say that out of the box. Like I, I think Brady, like Brady should have just stayed in retirement. Like – God love him for coming back. I know it's it's gonna it's always cool to watch Tom Brady play, but I think it's over. I think Brazarians is is done. Like everybody won their Super Bowl, like they got their ring. So it's like, why? What do we have to play for anymore? Um, I I wouldn't be surprised if they end up just like nine and eight. Like you get like nine and eight, ten and seven. But like they're not gonna be this like world beating team. I don't think. Uh, nor do I think the Bengals are going to be that good. They still don't have that great of an offensive line and their defense is so-so. How many shootout games can you have? And how many times can Joe Burrow sprint around? I don't want him to get hurt. Like, as a Browns fan, I think a lot of people were like, oh, aren't you happy Joe Burrow got hurt? (laughs) No. (laughs) I have to say that, like, it was, you know, I don't wish ill will on anyone. But – Dude's running for his life all the time because they have not prioritized offensive lines. So, absolutely, Bengals. I could totally see them going seven and ten, six and eleven this year. Real quick on your Bucks point, one of my worst stay away bets was Buccaneers minus three hundred for the division, and one of my best bets was Saints plus three hundred because here's why: Tampa Bay is running back the same team almost as it did last year. Godwin's out with the injury and Brady's a year older and coming off the weird retirement thing. I just don't see, I think they're going to luck into the fact that Atlanta and Carolina is going to suck and maybe yeah. they can have that inflated record. But in terms of the upside, this kind of reminds me of like Brady's last year in new England where it's like, okay, like they're going to like crawl to the playoffs and then get smoked. Cause they're just not good. When it comes to Cincinnati, I just don't think they made enough upgrades and you're looking at it where their playoff resume is boosting how people will think about them in the regular season. I think people are underrating Baltimore as much as we love to joke about them. Like they're, they're really good this year. Pittsburgh is still going to be competitive. Like I think the AFC North is sneakily a tough division just because Cincinnati's going to need to like capitalize and prove that the playoffs weren't a fluke. Cause at, at the end of the day, in the regular season, they were a, a just above 500 team that kind of coasted in the playoff in the regular season. And then just like blast everyone in the playoffs. Basically, what you need to make sure if you're the Bengals is that you don't become Jacksonville from a couple of years ago. Exactly. It's where you have like one good. barnstorming year. I think like it's it last year almost reminded me of when Joe Burrow won the national championship with LSU. Like this just team of like, we are just going to sh- throw the lights out and we're just going to beat the you know, pound you and pound you. And we're just going to score so many points that you don't even know what to do with yourself. Unfortunately, that's not the NFL. And I still think that Zach Taylor is in over his head. Like I remember in Cleveland, we were celebrating when they hired Zach Taylor. Cause they're like, 
Zach Taylor, the, the quarterback's coach, like this dude. And <laughs> hey, they're not Marvin, you know, they're not the Marvin Lewis Bengals anymore where they're going to go eight and eight and just one big, boring, like, just ugh, like, the all right. Team of, the team of mediocre. Really right. Like, <laughs> wow. Okay. That was a waste of 17 weeks. But Joe Burrow is so good to watch. Just give him an offensive line. I mean, my goodness. So. So let's run through some of the cool divisions because there, there's a couple kind of hot superstar ones that we got to talk about. Can't go any further without doing the AFC West, the gauntlet division. For the record, even the odds makers don't know what they're doing because when I did the AFC pod, the uh, the Chiefs, Chargers, and Broncos were all at 10.5 for over-under wins, and the Raiders were at 8.5. So nobody knows what the hell is going on with that division. How, how excited are you for this division in terms of a watchability standpoint? And what do you think is the biggest X factor in this division? That's going to be really, really cool. I, I am like really, really excited for that. That AFC West was a good um, division before this year. Like this, this is granted, you know, it was like, Oh, the, the Raiders are frisky, but the, but the Broncos suck or you well, know, just... the, the Broncos are quietly seven and 10, even with Drew Locke at QB. So, you know, you'd, something clearly worked there if you put Wilson there. <laughs> so you have, right. Yeah. So like the Broncos are going to be in contention. The Raiders have a new head coach with Josh McDaniels. And the only reason they have a new head coach is because of the John Gruden situation. The chargers are the, char- the chargers are my bet to like kind of fall. Like if, if any team is going to fall off in this division, it's got to be the Chargers. Um, or maybe the Raiders don't really work out because they just need another year to mesh. But the Raiders are full of superstar talent, and the Chargers have Justin Herbert, who is a- an MVP favorite. The Chiefs are the Chiefs. Chiefs are the Chiefs. It's literally like a, like a standoff where everyone's like, all right, who's going to be the team to fall first? Because, yeah, Broncos are unproven. Raiders are very volatile. Chargers have the possibility to be volatile. Those three teams can fall off, and then it's just the Chiefs running away with it. But every single team is going to steal a game from one another. I'm, like, absolutely psyched. Monday, these, these should be, like, the bulk of the Monday night games, the bulk of the Sunday night games. That, that's going to be really – the prime time with Jim Nance and, and Tony Romo. Or Jim Nance isn't even with CBS anymore, is it? <laughs> The, so the, the scariest thing about this division is that last year our go-to division was the NFC West because you had Seattle, the Niners, the Rams, the Cardinals that we all thought were good. And I think people, if they had to pick a team, would have either said the Niners would have fallen off because we didn't know the QB or Seattle would have fallen off because Wilson's good, everything else is bad. And Seattle ended up falling off. The Niners were kind of like blah, 500. I think all of these teams are better than the Niners or Seattle last year, which is scary because one of these teams is going to be below 500. And it's, it's hard to pick which one. Cause even like the Raiders last year could have beaten Cincinnati in the playoffs. They were that good. Denver is the sweeping giant because they were at 500 with a below average QB and you're putting now an MVP caliber player. Kansas City and, and LA aren't going anywhere. It, it really is hard to predict this division because one of these teams is going to be in the out. Another team will be 500 just based on the math. And it'll be weird seeing like the Chargers miss the playoffs again or like the Raiders with after the Adams trade, just like completely like not make it at all. It, it's insane. 
My my best get for my best bet for a team that's going to fall off would probably be the Raiders, just because Derek Carr, if we're talking about quarterbacks, does not go up to snuff with um, with the rest of this division. That's the crazy thing. And Carr's still like a top fifteen guy, which is even crazy. But which yeah, which is insane. Like I'd love to have him on the Browns instead of Baker Mayfield, but. <laughs> um, that's literally my, what it might come down to. Or, like, who doesn't get injured. The other thing, too, is that there's a lot of, like, what-if potential with this division. Because, again, we need to see Kansas City with without Tyreek Hill, Derek Carr with Devontae Adams, Russell Wilson, the resurgence here. We got to see that. And then can the Chargers just, like, win 10 games and not be, like, pulling teeth? Because, like, it seems like that's the same with the Chargers. Like, it's a fascinating division. It's our most competitive the other competitive one is honestly the AFC North because you have this weird Browns team that I think will be the new Broncos of just being 500, even with the bad QB. The Ravens are going to be awesome. Bengals, you have the prove it year. And even the Steelers, like the QBs are bad, but they're going to be like at least frisky. They won't, maybe they'll be like Detroit Lions second half of last year type team. But this is another fun division. I, I would say like the Steelers just on account that like, it's an aging team around quarterback, and then it's just a mystery at this point. They're probably, much to my happiness, are going to end up at the bottom of the AFC North. Um, Ravens are probably a team that's going to lose some games that you don't expect. Um, uh, yeah, like the Dolphins last year. Remember that when they, <laughs> they yeah. lost the Dolphins on Thursday Night Football? <laughs> right, like just out of the blue. Um Cincinnati, like you said, is a really, really volatile team. And then the Browns, um, you have no idea what the quarterback situation is. So it's almost the flip side of the AFC West is like in the West, it's like which of these teams is going to fall off and, you know, be really, really bad. In the AFC North, it's like, well, we know all these teams are good at their best but which team isn't going to make it at their best which team is really going to underperform a final couple questions for you so for starters who is your dark horse contender in both conferences team that needs a little bit more more respect to their name oh i again like i gotta go with the with the um with the colts in the afc and in the nfc hmm I kind of, I, I think, I mean, I think for the AFC, I'd still, I mean, is Denver getting enough hype? Cause I feel like, I feel like they no, are the awesome thing, but I think they deserve a little more love. And then for the NFC, even with like contract disputes aside, I think we can't overlook Arizona. The, it, this could be a case with Arizona where if the Rams like fall off just a little bit, Green Bay's underwhelming, Dallas is going to just be easy pickings because it's, it's a soft division. I could just see the Cardinals just like, they're the best of the worst with what we have to pick from. Cause the NFC is very t- like tumultuous up top this year with that top five. Like yeah. even, even the Niners might have a case to make the Super Bowl again, if they figure out the Garoppolo thing and just cut the offseason crap and just get back, like just figure all that out. So that might be the, like the Niners might be the good pick for um, like kind of sneaky because then other than that, like you said, like Packers, box i don't think anybody really thinks the cowboys are going to repeat 12 and 5 you know but like packers bucks rams those are perennials and then outside of that it's like i'm not going to pick the eagles maybe the saints will be good but they're not going to be 
you know, they shouldn't be Super Bowl contenders. You know, Washington sucks. Vikings aren't going to be good. And then below that is just straight up trash. So I think the Niners are probably your best, like most logical bet. I, I couldn't make a strong case for anybody else. Let's do the MVP real quick. In typical fashion, all the top guys are uh, QBs. So no, no Taylor MVP run. But here, here are the top five MVPs in terms of most likely to win with the betting odds. You tell me if this is the right five people and if anything should be moved around. Josh Allen is the favorite, plus 700. Mahomes, or Brady right behind him, plus 800. That's a, second place for Brady is very interesting. Mahomes at plus 900. Herbert and Rodgers at plus 1,000. Uh, yeah, the only one I don't like in that is Brady. I think he should be a longer shot, but I think the bookmakers know, like, if he's a longer shot, they're just going to drive, like, if, if basically if I am, like, going into bet on MVP odds and Brady's plus 2,000, I'm throwing down, like, 10 bucks, like, immediately. My, my favorite ones from here, uh, Russell Wilson at plus 1,400 is, like, not bad in terms of, like, if we think Denver's – I mean – the real question is, is Denver going to be this good? We got right. to see it first. How about, are you on the same side? I, I got uh, Jalen Hurts at plus 2,000. I've got plus 2,500, but like same ballpark. Yeah, like around that range. That, that's not bad, Jalen Hurts. Crazy. The team around him is just, that's awful. Like, <laughs> I don't know. My kind of outside pick, uh, I would – I would have to go right, Russell Russell, bleh, Russell Wilson, but then if you want some better odds, Kyler Murray. Yeah, Murray. I was gonna say too, just in terms of like the NFC, depending on how it plays out. Because the other thing too is like, I guess the odds makers are confident that the Packers are gonna be stable, the Bucks are gonna be stable. All these teams like just nothing's gonna happen, and we know in the NFL nothing is easy. There's gonna be some chaotic thing that's gonna happen, so that that might affect it. Yeah, and then Deshaun Watson at plus 4,000 on here. <laughs> In the eventual case that he plays. Yeah. yeah. I, don't, I, don't, I don't think the voters would probably vote. <laughs> on here, the lowest is uh, Trevor Lawrence at plus 8,000. Lawrence is right there with Jameis Winston, Justin Fields, Mariota, Trubisky, Baker Mayfield. And, I mean, if we had to do a long shot one uh... – See, I don't even know. Yeah, oof. I mean, Derrick Henry, Derrick Henry for seventy five hundred, but I, I don't see it. Cooper Cup, like it, it's a QB. I think it's a QB MVP again this year, probably. Always it. Our QB is the most important position. Let's do real quick looking at the conferences just from a big picture standpoint for the AFC. I did this with the over unders, but I want to get your thoughts on it to wrap up. So, Bill, in terms of like most likely to win the AFC championship game and make it to the Super Bowl and represent the conference. Bills are the favorites, plus 350, Chiefs plus 600, Broncos and Chargers both 850, and the Bengals at plus 1,100 with the Ravens. Is there a team that should belong in that top five or a team that doesn't belong in that top five? Um, I, again, like I'm surprised that, the, uh, that Denver is that high. I guess the bookmakers are, are, do think that they're going to be that good. I think that's right. Um, yeah, I think because again, like there's a lot of other teams. Like, I think once you go below that, the Bengals are probably the only known commodity. Everybody else is like, what are the Patriots going to do? 
Um, can the Colts actually be good? What are the Dolphins, Browns, and Ravens going to be this year? Um, what are the, would you say the Titans were? Titans are even – they're a plus 1,800. They're, like, down below. They, they, could like the sneaky, Titans. they could be a sneaky Super Bowl team at plus 1,800. Yeah, I, I just – they haven't made it there yet. Like you said, there's there's a lot of fall-off potential for, you know, Derrick Henry getting injured again, um, Ryan Tannehill not really being the best. But Well, and we also talked about this last year. or I, I, We didn't talk about it, but we should mention because it involves last season. I think people had a little bit of, like, Bill's Chiefs were the two best teams in the conference. We expect that to be the case moving forward. So it's kind yeah. of like – it's kind of like with, like, LeBron with Cleveland, where we knew Cleveland was the best team, and then there was everybody else fighting for second place. I feel like we're getting that here with the AFC, where there's a clear top one or two, and then a drop off. Yeah, I, I, I gotta think the Bills put it together this year. I like if we're doing like a early season prediction, it's gotta be Bills for me. I, I agree. It, it's like a, it's it's setting up for a Josh Allen MVP season and Buffalo to go thirteen and four and just like destroy everyone it, it, yeah. i'm hoping for it the nfc is a bit weirder because the nfc the buccaneers are the favorites to actually make it out of the nfc which is insane at plus 325 rams at plus 500 packers at plus 550 49ers at plus 750 cowboys at plus 850 the shocker for me a lot of people i guess are banking on this niners thing stabilizing and they're going to be a dark horse and I guess people are really valuing Brady coming back to Tampa Bay to like stabilize things, but I really don't see Tampa Bay being the best team in the NFC. No, I, I think this will be Rams this year. That is my, I think it'll be Rams bills. So I think whatever, would you say the Rams were at? At 500 plus 500. I think that's, that's probably your best bet that way. Cardinals at plus 2000. That's a fun one. That's not terrible. You got a lot of lot of things to prove, though. Is Cliff Kingsbury actually a good NFL coach? Can Kyler Murray put things together? What's the rest of the team going to look like? But 2000, not, not terrible. Last question for you because it involves my hometown team, but it also involves probably a, a very big storyline. Is this kind of like the boomer bust here for Tua as the Dolphins QB, especially now with the Tyreek Hill, like the trade for Tyreek Hill, the, the like Tyreek Hill's public comments, shall we say, about him seeing two improve? Like, is this kind of the prover year? This, yeah, this is it. I like, yeah, I'm looking at his contract right now. Um, I, this has got to be it. This is where you decide. He's signed through 2023, so next year, and then I think it's the option. Um, he's under contract for at least another like year and a half to two. I think I got to figure out the numbers. Yeah. So I think he's got the option for the first, um, like the, the first round fifth year player option in 2024, but he's 24. The NFL moves really quickly and he really needs to at least show that he can be the guy. Because if not, then the Dolphins need to figure things out and move on, find a stopgap, and, like, let's go find the next one. Let's move up in the draft a little bit. Because you cannot just chug along. Like, the worst thing in the NFL, the worst thing in professional sports is apathy and mediocrity. Because at least if you're bad, you get the good draft picks. You know? You can't just sit at 15 and then collect your, like, good wide receivers. That only takes you so far. You got to do this. You got Tyreek Hill. You you got 
they, they gave you everything, you know, they didn't trade for Deshaun Watson. They could have done that. And Tua would have been Baker Mayfield, you know, new team out of the league in a couple of years. Let's see where this goes. But like, I, he has, this is, this is make or break for sure. I, I love your your speech to not embrace the mediocrity. I, I love the <laughs> the emphasis on either being great or being horrible, but nothing about hey, I love it. <laughs> I watched the Bengals go eight and eight how many years? Nobody likes the Bengals anymore. <laughs> it, it reminds me of like those Cavs teams that after LeBron were like bad, but they weren't like bad, bad. They were just like just like enough suck to be in like the the seventh pick the fifth pick and i was like oh my god (laughs) and there's nothing worse than the well there was nothing worse than when the Cavs got the eighth pick (laughs) i was like what like all right this year this year was not really mediocrity this year they're like trying toward being really really good they just fell off at the end but then you get the 14th pick Right? Nobody gets a 14th pick. It'll, it'll be a fantastic season for Cleveland, but more importantly for this NFL season, it'll be a wild, wild ride as we approach training camp. Tony, it was good to have you on again for the first time in over a year. <laughs> I know. I have more time. Let's let's bring me back so I can, uh, I can renege on all my picks. <laughs>